Hey there, I'm Ian. And I'm Rachel. And we want to welcome you to our Building Contenders podcast. Here we share messages, sermons, and our weekly conversations to equip you to contend for the kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy it. Blessings. Blessings. I think every single person has, and I know we have talked about it from time to time. And it is, uh, I've noticed on Facebook, People who are angry, who are hurt, who are disappointed, who have been hurt by people. And, and what it's produced is, um, is this level of contempt for the prophets. Mm. And, um, and it, it actually, what, what I'm seeing, and this is probably not new, but what I'm seeing is people gathering around their hurt, their disappointment, their anger and bitterness and blaming other people and I you know and and I think there are times we are people do hurt us and they we are angry at people and there's times there's disappointment that we walk through we have to wrestle that thing thing down even with God um but the thing that we were just chatting about this morning is um with contempt you totally lose connection and, and if you're, um, so, so there's two things for me, it's the prophetic and then there's the loss of connection and it can be a loss of connection with God because you're, you're thinking something around being disappointed by him or he didn't come through or whatever it is. Right. And the other piece to that for me is this, this, uh, bitterness and anger towards the prophets and call, you know, even calling people false prophets when they're, it could be, they're just immature prophets. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean there's not prophets, but perhaps they haven't, um, got the word right and they haven't apologized or they haven't cleaned their mess up. And so that doesn't mean they're actually a false prophet. It just means they got it wrong and they didn't clean up a mess. Um, for me, that's really important that we don't start to despise prophecy because of that, because of how important the prophetic is. And we all have so much access to it, certainly on Facebook and people we know, and maybe you're in those circles. We, we are in circles where we are surrounded with a lot of prophetic people, which we love. But I, I think this gr this growing uh, contempt for the prophetic—it's like um, I saw I saw a post, and it was someone I know and I really like. And but it, it was this sense of they just give a general word, uh, like these prophets are just given generalizations, as if it's like you know what do you call at the Chinese? What do you call those? Fortune, fortune cookies in you Jesus know, name. in Jesus name. That's how you make a fortune cookie <laughs> prophetic is you read it out and you just say in Jesus name. So, joking. Of course. Joking. We are joking. So, so it is this like slamming the prophetic, sla having contempt for the prophetic, slamming <laughs> the prophets because they're not giving you every single detail and um, because they're seemingly giving uh, general words. And, and I would, say to that yeah i mean sometimes there are general words but I, I would say that a right word like a right word in the right season is like gold and it is 
that proverb, you know, apples of gold and settings of silver. When you receive something, even if it's general, if it's at the right time and it's what you need in that moment, there's an impartation, which I think they're missing. Um, the whole thing that the prophetic brings is the actual impartation of grace for the word to actually bring healing and bring a, a balm, you know, like a healing balm for where you need it. And, and so I, I just think we have to be really careful of if we're con feeling contempt or um, having contempt towards the prophetic or the prophets, um, because if we, if we let that fester, it becomes really uh, bitter and angry and then we lose our connection and we lose our connection with each other and we lose, as someone said, yeah, you absolutely start to judge. You start to become the judge of what is a prophetic word and what is a real prophet. And I, I, I'm going to be the judge of that. <laughs> and um, I just think those are dangerous waters to swim in. They are something the Lord has warned us about, has, you know, like, that's above our pay grade, you know, and um, doesn't negate having wisdom, doesn't negate having a mind to think things through. But I think when contempt comes in, that's a tool of the enemy for disconnection. And so uh, that can't actually benefit you in any way because you, you're holding judgment against it. And um, I think when that contempt comes into anything, whether it's the prophetic or relationships or even towards God, like, God, you disappointed me. You didn't heal this person or you or you, you didn't come through the way I thought you would. And, and I'm angry and I'm bitter. And, and there's things we have to wrestle out with God and we have to let his compassion. We have to sit with God at times and wrestle those things out he's our friend he's our he's the one who, who cares for us so i think all that to say is we we do have to guard our hearts we do have to guard our hearts because they are the wellspring of life and um and it's where we actually connect with the lord it is where we connect with people and when we shut that down, we don't shut one tiny piece of it. We shut the whole thing down and it affects every area in our lives. And it's really death. It's death to us, you know, certainly to our spirit. And so. And it frequently, frequently like is introduced through humor, you know, sarcasm. Yeah. And, you know, sarcasm. Yes. And a little bit of bitter roots. Bitter roots. Go through mm -hmm. one. I know that was a very Elijah house kind of thing. well um gourd um on our yeah thing said it's, to, it's so right on yeah absolutely yeah it's uh it's yeah so many things and mm -hmm. i think there's a like handling the prophetic is one of those things that isn't frequently taught i think you have mm -hmm. to have someone who's not who's almost fivefold really whether mm -hmm. they're a fivefold teacher or whatever but i I, I often say that the Romans 12, if the teaching is is oppositional to the prophetic mm -hmm. and to the prophet, like almost consistently, someone who is leading, who is the mm -hmm. overseer of a local church or has responsibilities in a local church and is not walking in a fivefold gifting of, 
of teacher, but is walking in the gift of teaching, um, then I, I think they generally oppose the particularly the prophetic. Um, and and I, I wonder a lot, like I, I wonder a lot. I wonder a lot. <laughs> I wondered lonely as a fly. You wonder? I, or I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> I'm realizing Are you the wanderer? I'm a wanderer. Yeah, the wanderer. We, I feel like we, we say phrases and we just want to burst in the song. No, we do. Everything's around us. Well, I'm the <laughs> okay, okay you're that. losing. I'm, I'm the wanderer. The, the whole note, like I wonder how much and how toxic the influence of determinism is in the church and even in society at large that this is, you know, a deterministic outcome. Uh, you know, that song, all God's promises are yes and amen. Mm -hmm. I mean, way to misquote scripture, right? And we were singing the thing, I think it's a great song, don't get mm -hmm. me wrong, but we can't like, we can't base our understanding of scripture around a bunch of the whole, you know, songs that we sing at the minute. And again, I love the song. Don't, don't, don't throw the song out. Just let's, you know, make it more scriptural. Um, you know, it's, it's like this notion that God has promised and amen, it's going to happen. That's yeah. the biggest load of nonsense either, you know, ever that what scripture says is all God's promises are yes. And we get to say amen. And it's us actually putting that amen behind it. And that amen isn't just saying amen. Mm -hmm. It's putting our strength and our, you know, it's us spending the next 40 years building an ark. That's what that amen looks like. Yeah. It doesn't look like, yes, I agree with you, Lord. Now let, let the ark manifest. <laughs> We're manifesting the ark right now. <laughs> uh, let's just let the, the ark manifest. And um, that's, what, that's what Noah did, didn't he? He did. He just sat back he and said, well, and he you know, nothing. if all my good intentions are going to go here, <laughs> and I'm just going to set my heart around intention, yes. and the ark will manifest when clearly it that's not... It just make itself. And that, and honestly, that's not even like the... If people believe that that's the teaching of the law of attraction and all, that's really not the teaching of the law of attraction. It's But anyway, I, anyway that's a whole other we're thing. We're off topic. Just the whole deterministic nature and breaking the deterministic nature of our belief systems that God will do this no matter what. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated. Rachel, I'll tell you, I've, I've always been fascinated, not always, but for a long time, been fascinated with the fact that God came to kill Moses. Mm. You know, this was after Moses, you know. Moses. <laughs> <laughs> I am, that I am. I think that was from a chart in Is that, that, how, I, I that, that, is that how God speaks? No. <laughs> Moses, you know, set my people free. Set yeah. them people free. Go into the wilderness. Even that whole part, you know, like hold a festival in the wilderness for me to worship me. Tell them that. And that became like setting his people free forever. And, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch in that. But having called Moses and having defeated his arguments like this, you know, I, I can't speak. Well, that's awesome. You're still going to do it, sonny yes. boy. Um, I'd still like you to do it. I'm calling you to do it. And, you know, the whole, the whole notion of Moses being born, named Moses and hidden, mm. and then coming out of that hiddenness, and leading this people, which is interesting because we live in Escondido, which, as all you Spanish people know, know means hidden. So it's like being mm -hmm. hidden for a time. And then, you know, everything seems right. The planets are light. They don't mean that at all. <laughs> but, you know, everything has come out right. And then God comes to kill Moses because he was disobedient, because he would say he was, he would say he was going to do something and he didn't do it, which I would like to go into a tangent there. Um, but 
maybe I will <laughs> remind me about that because it, it, it is this, it's the notion that just because, just because God determines something doesn't mean he's not more interested in obedience more than sacrifice. Like he is, it is better to obey, even if you get it wrong. Um, you know, even, even if you are following someone and they're, uh, they get things wrong and you end up doing the, the thing, you know, um, you end up doing the thing purely out of a sense of obedience. That's the thing that God rewards, right? It's better to obey than, mm -hmm. you know, I prefer obedience over sacrifice. Like, like that's, that's in the old covenant time. So, um, so yeah, it isn't this, God has set the wheels in motion, therefore nothing. Mm -hmm. I think that happened once and his name is Jesus. I, I think everything else is pretty conditional and it's conditional on us response. So when people are being cynical against the prophetic, my mm -hmm. thing would be, what did you do? Like, where did you, where did you, where did you, oopsie? Where did you go wrong? Cause this whole notion of like, I want accurate dates and times and all that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, an evil generation asked for a sign. Um, and uh, yeah. And, yeah. and there's there's all this thing like I think it, we we start and we're like hey we're, well we'll just deal with this we'll just talk about this one thing and then I I start to go here's here's the thing there there is a case being made against the supernatural like there is there is a case being made against mm -hmm. the supernatural within within society and within Christendom um, you pointed you know I would point at what, what is probably one of the most influential pieces of media at the minute, which is The Chosen. And it's really like, and I know there's miracles in it, but it's really removing a bunch of the supernatural from, you know, from everything that's going on. It's a very um, nice look at who Jesus and the disciples were. And we, you know, we watched a movie a couple of weeks ago, which is The Jesus Revolution, and they kind of removed all almost all the supernatural from it. Mm -hmm. um, like the notion of there being a Jesus movement, a Jesus people and removing the supernatural or without the supernatural feels bizarre. But that's kind of what one of the things that's, that's mm -hmm. going on at the minute is like, can we just be toxic around what, around the prophetic signs, wonders, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's definitely a, it's a tool of the enemy to make the church um, impotent. Well, and it, it sets us up against each other which is awful, isn't it? Like, I think. I, I think I don't mind that as much. I know that might, might offend sensibilities, <laughs> but I, I don't mind it because I think there's been arguing in the church as long since the book of Acts. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> why can't we get back to the book of Acts when, mm. when the, you know, when, when Paul <laughs> said, yeah, don't send John Mark. Mark, no, horrible guy. Don't send him with me. He doesn't even clean up his messes. And then poor old Barnabas has to go with his cousin. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like there's definitely conflicts and all that within it. But, mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I'm not saying it's great, but I don't mind it as much as just the undermining of the supernatural mm -hmm. and just keeping undermining the that this has become a natural thing. This becomes a very natural thing. You don't need God to do miracles mm -hmm. um, because the miracles are a, natural phenomenon that we just don't understand yet mm -hmm. uh so the sort of the incursion of secular humanism into in even christian thought which i i think is has been there and it's kind of manifest and i could ramble around well but, you know what you don't need god for what 
bitterness and anger. That is true. <laughs> you don't need God for that. You can be often as bitter and angry as you want. And and I think you you know you can put it under an umbrella of I I'm hurt. And look, people get hurt because they live with people. That's why they get hurt, honestly, because there's people. It, <laughs> that's life, and we have to work it all through. And and you know, this is who <laughs> this is what we do. We hurt people. We don't mean to hurt people. Sometimes we do mean to hurt them, and. But if we don't, if we don't let Jesus in with His kindness and His goodness to dissipate that bitterness and anger, um, we will just gather all the bitter and angry people around us. Because honestly, the minute you go on social media and you're angry, um, you will get an army agreeing with you. Like that's easy. That's super, super easy, but it's, you know, and I, I just, I just think we have to be really careful of tearing down and what we speak and all those things, you know, uh, well, you guys, you know that, what were you going to say about Moses went off to the left? Oh, there's a little tangential thing. So yes. one of the things I think, sometimes I feel this stirring in me, that it, and, and I, I don't believe that it's just for me. I've, I've kind of paid attention to that long enough. Uh, one of the things that's stirring is the whole area of worship, which um, I'll, I'll, we'll probably get to at some point. Um, but I, I think that, so I'm get, getting ready to launch this sort of three-day business woo-woo thing, you know, using woo-woo in business. That's not what we're calling it. We're calling it, <laughs> that's not what I'm calling it. I'm calling it empowered business. That's not and the official that's title. That's not the official title, but it's basically about using yes. like spirituality in your in your business. Because again, we have relegated a lot of the spheres mm-hmm. of society, not mountains, the spheres of society, different realms of society outside the church. We have relegated those to simply being humanistic and secular. And then, then we're panicking about why the church has no influence in in politics or the media or anything like that um and then we celebrate when someone's a christian because we, we have this <laughs> they'll of, save us because we have this sort of bizarre relationship and <laughs> uh, because but what we've done is we've relegated that and said particularly a bit for my for what i feel god's doing what i sense that god's mm. doing with me is like particularly around the business thing are there principles that can be leveraged in order to bring more of the kingdom, including abundance into our daily lives. And sort of going through that, you know, like frugality, I got a a text from a a dear friend yesterday and he, you know, he's a successful businessman. And he said like frugality, I think frugality is the worst. Like we need to stop cutting back and start to, we need to, his, his, he said, we need to, like, I'm wondering, do we need to stop reducing our expenses and start to increase our expenses as an act of faith to see what, and mm. I realize, please don't go and get into debt. I'm not talking <laughs> about getting into debt. Don't go buy a big fair coat. <laughs> right? I'm, please, this is nothing to do with debt, right? Nothing to do with debt. This has got everything to do with faith and how we actually yes. activate faith, um, but just sort of making faithful steps. And I, I think that's true. I think faith has to be part of all of our experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we do is we take the Dave Ramsey approach. Second time I've heard his name today. Um, 
and and be very sensible but you don't actually need god to be very sensible so mm -hmm. are the things that that are a bonus to having god in your lifetime what are the perks of being a child of god um because scripture certainly says that he has given us the power to be wealthy um and one of those i think is being people where your yes is yes mm -hmm. like you commit to something and you follow through and realizing I, I, you know, realizing that's not common. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a SoCal thing, you know, maybe it's the hoping for a better offer kind of thing, but it is this people that commit to something and walk that commitment through. They say yes. And even Jesus, like when Jesus said, you know, who, you know, who's the greatest, the one that promises to do something and doesn't do it, or the one that doesn't do it and does it, or one that says they can't do it and does mm -hmm. it anyway. And it's really, you know, and in, in my sort of paradigm and my sort of like, what are we, what, what is the ecosystem that I'm creating around my life? And if I'm creating an ecosystem where I can't be uh, trusted, or I can't, that people don't know if what I say is going to happen, or if my yes is my yes, and my mm -hmm. no is my no, that's kind of like, pretty toxic I think mm -hmm. so that was kind of like Moses's yes was yes yeah I actually think Moses's yes was yes since he was in Pharaoh's eyes um, being trained I think that his yes was yes and that's why he ended up killing the guy because his yes was yes he just didn't, mm. didn't do it though submitted to God you know um, but yeah that was kind of the rabbit trail I love that it's, it's like if you think in terms, Nik Nikolai Tesla says, like if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of um, energy, frequency, and vibration. This is a very smart man, and you know everything that everything that the creator of creation has created is consists of vibration, energy, mm -hmm. all those things. Not some new age thing. Like let's let's appropriate this for the kingdom, and let's see if we can leverage this for the kingdom. And the the, the notion of the Holy Spirit. Like hovering, it says, but the hover, the Hebrew word hovering is like vibrating. Um, and there's this sort of vibrational noise even coming from that hovering. Um, and that's how creation is kind of kind of formed. But if you think in terms of what is the like what is the ecosystem I'm producing if I can't be trusted? Mm. What's the ecosystem that I'm producing if I continue along with, you know. Not not doing what I not doing the stuff like not doing what what God mm -hmm. has placed in my heart to do. What if I'm not going to do those things? What is the ecosystem that I'm producing? The the inability to execute is an ecosystem that people create in order to avoid hard things, and that unfortunately then just goes on to produce itself and reproduce itself and reproduce itself. If you think in terms of if I'm always showing up in life as the victim, then Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be the victim. I am producing an ecosystem that will result in chaos all around me all the time. Mm -hmm. Those people we look at and say, why is their life always in chaos? It's because this is the ecosystem that they're producing. Mm -hmm. um, so. Someone, uh, is that operating from two hearts or a divided heart causing instability? Probably. Could be. I mean, you know, the. Division. It's yeah. more, it sounds more like a mindset, does it? Or I think it's actually a battle for your soul, you know. Yeah. Like I think it's a battle for your future. It's, you know, the good that I, I want to do, I don't do. 
-hmm. you know, is there a way forward? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. There is, you know, it's this, you know, we frequently look at that as a sin. And I'm, I'm certainly, I believe in Romans, that's kind of what he's dealing with is the old sin nature um, that has been crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. But I think practically our spiritual warfare is around our inability to follow through. It's good. It's hard though. Like it's really hard because it comes against everything we're, you know, mm. like it goes back to even what we we're chatting about last week, which is like the whole notion of, you know, Jesus never having to deal with the problem of unanswered prayer. Mm. Like, why did Jesus never have to deal with unanswered prayer? <laughs> like, we're, yeah. he's tempted in every way, just like us, but he doesn't seem to have ever had to deal with unanswered prayer. Maybe he did. I just can't pick it out. I mean, this is the guy who's like, hey, you know, we need to pay our temple tax. Temple tax, okay, go catch a fish. What's in the fish's mouth? Not in his belly. I'm like, what, what's, what do you got? In the, oh, there's a coin. There you go. Like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. That's good. I have more questions than answers. I think there's times I have more questions than answers. And one of them is this whole notion of belief. Like, you know, three things remain. And we were chatting about this this week. You know, that there's mm -hmm. these three things remain, mm -hmm. which is faith, hope, and love. And the one thing we know about love is love always trusts. Mm -hmm. Love always trusts, right? Always trusts. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to have faith, hope, and love. And, and if I extrapolate that a little bit then what i'm going to say is uh, you know if i if i have some liberty with it mm -hmm. then i'm going to say that the, the relationship between faith hope and a love that always trusts is the key to answer prayer mm -hmm. like you don't have the faith for something you don't hope for because yeah. faith is the substance of things hoped for and when you're asking for things you have to believe and the greek word believe is about trusting so the relationship, I think, when we're contending for things between faith, hope, and a love that always trusts from our end, like a love that always trusts from our end, and that, again, mm -hmm. probably ties back into the cynicism and disappointment and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But, but I wonder what it would be like to have that sort of experiment for, for a few weeks to just try to build faith, hope, and mm -hmm. love that always trusts towards God. Maybe you've got that and you've no problem. That's great. Teach us. Teach the rest of us. Yes. Yeah, I do think that does tie in totally with the contempt, the cynicism. You know, I think, I mean, the whole of society is filled with, you know, being cynical, whether it's about uh, politics or whatever it is and so it, it's perpetuating this disconnection for me I see it as constantly people disconnecting around what they believe about different things you know whether you can trust the government can't trust the government all the all the things in the news all the, the media social media just um, keeps kind of perpetuating that cynicism and that's almost kind of modeled as wisdom you know, but I think at its core, it disconnects us. And we don't, I think if there was ever a, a, a time where we needed to be people who carry hope is now. 
like and not lose hope um not not lose our hope because our faith is anchored to our hope as ian was saying so i think um that whole cynical piece you know is it's just uh I think about it in terms of if you could see it, right? So Ke Kenneth uh, Hagen, I love Kenneth Hagen's teachings. He used to say this thing, your words will locate you. So what you, what comes out of your mouth, the overflow, it's the overflow of the heart, isn't it? Um, what is that? Yeah, or out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks out of the overflow of your heart. So your your words will locate where your heart is. So if, if you're uh, in a cynical bitter angry i i, I kind of even like a visual if you're seeing someone like that you know what it's like to be around that person you know what it's like to be that person it's like you're putting this whole maybe maybe you don't but <laughs> maybe no you've idea. never done that but <laughs> i have no idea what it's like to be, be around someone like that <laughs> it, it's like you're you're covered in this prickly uh, stuff and just like you don't want to be close to people and they don't want to be close to you because you're so uh, and you're going to hurt them if they come, come in close. And I think like the visual is that our words locate us and they, they tell on us. They tell on where we are and what is the overflow of our hearts? Like what state is our heart in? And um, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, but it is just that whole, the visual of like walking in hope, walking in faith, walking in kindness and love that always trusts looks completely different and meeting someone who's that is their anchor and that is where they are to someone who's walking in I'm hurt I've been I'm angry I'm bitter I'm cynical um and I'm going to tell you know I'm going to tell you when there's always stuff going on with them uh I think those look totally different and they feel totally different like you know, one is like repelling and one is attracting. Um, and I, I think for us as, as children of God, as people who love God, uh, we want to be the ones who are actually attracting hope. Yeah. And, and people notice it and, and we actually change the atmospheres we're in when people are hurting so much, you know. Yeah. So. It's good. Awesome. So yeah, keep praying for us. Um, we are uh, Shelley. Yes, we are in NG in Ohio. Mm -hmm. We're at Northgate in Ohio, and the very first weekend of March. Is yes, it? first weekend of March. March. So we're there. Yes. Um, and then we're headed somewhere. I can't remember. Where I'm looking to see Pennsylvania. I think in April. Yes. So yeah, awesome. Oh no, we're going to Reading in April. So anyway, we're all <laughs> doesn't <over>. matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Okay, uh, Sharon, we didn't answer this. What was it? Uh, need more clarification on the difference between commands and what Do is. Do we need more biblical clarification on the difference between what God commands and what is His promise? Um, I, I don't know how I wouldn't know how to clarify that. Biblical. I think they're two different things, aren't they? Yeah, I, th I, th I think God. 
So for me, the only way I can answer that is the difference between absolute prophecy and conditional prophecy, that some prophecy is absolute and the majority is, is conditional. Mm -hmm. um, so they're the potential, aren't they? The it's the potential. So if I even look at Luke chapter one, Zechariah was at the temple and the angel Gabriel appeared before him. And um, so that uh, Zechariah would not abort the promise of God that he had to be shut up <laughs> so you know yes. i think it's very you know the, the action was so that this would happen it wasn't simply a punishment mm -hmm. um but it was so that he wouldn't through his words abort the promise of god so yeah so yeah yeah all right people we're going to jump on with our core contenders uh if you don't have the link it's on our facebook it's on our core contender facebook page um, it should be one of the pinned comments, and we'll see you there in a couple of minutes. And so good to see you. Thanks and thanks for, for in. jumping in. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for coming. Really, really good. We, we love it when there's a little back. And forth.